Hey guys, it's Keith. And this is Jesse. And this is New Player Has Joy. A podcast about the video games people love and why they love them. And today we are talking about vampires yep, and other stuff that are related to vampires. We're whipping eyeballs and we're throwing holy water on bricks and they're disappearing. Yeah. And at some point, we're killing these like uh, creature of the Black Lagoon fishmen mm-hmm. and we never really talk about that. Yeah, we don't that. talk about it. But that's a thing that's happening. That's happening. So, And I think we're killing townspeople. Is that real? These ghouls come out in these towns. Nah, those, so are t- those are we're, people. We're talking about Castlevania II Simon's Quest, a game that is 50% broken, 50% perfect, and all NES, baby. <laughs> it is a fun time, so sit back and just relax and, I don't know, grab a, grab a drink. And this is creepy. This is, this is creepy. Yeah, this fits. well, it's about, this fits. It's about this fits. vampires. It's creepy. It's They're creepy. just perverts. perverts. Let's jump in. Let's do it. This is New Players Join. <laughs> talking about this yeah uh because we're talking about a game that influenced many many games to come down the road yeah and i'm playing one of the games that influenced yes i'm playing axiom verge okay and uh axiom verge for those who don't know is uh is an indie game a metroidvania uh and it's a game that i didn't realize until recently or it's a kind of game. A Metroidvania is a kind of game that I didn't realize until recently that I fucking love. Right. Uh, because Hollow Knight is itself a Metroidvania, although uh, a somewhat unconventional one. Right. Uh, but I'm finding this deep love of non-linear, kind of soft boundaries everywhere kind of game. And uh, I also happen to think, and I don't know that people talk about this a lot, that the original Zelda for the NES was technically the first Metroidvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of things borrow from it. It's, you know, it's slightly different in the power-up mode and the weapons right. mode, but but the idea of, like, there are soft boundaries everywhere. It's non-linear. You just kind of explore. There's one large map that you can check on. All this stuff in there goes way back uh, to all these NES games. And it's converged into this series of indie games that, are, that have come out over the last couple of years that have become popular... Uh, that are just really fucking fun. Right. And Axiom Verge even does the throwback where it's like, we could do, uh, you know, the the cutscene thing, but we are going to do the old school, here's the character's face, here's the text scrolling, no voiceover. Right. I love this throwback style. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because the game we're talking about today is a game that I played so much. When I was a little kid. Yeah, I read up on it. I didn't play this at all, but I read up on it. It's interesting you chose this one. Yeah. And I think I have a habit of choosing games like this that are a little bit off the beaten path from the series they're in. Right. Or that have like a love-hate from a lot of their fans. A lot of the games you pick don't age well. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like you'll look back on it and be like, oh, people loved this. And then you look back at it now and you're like, oof. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did not stand the test of time. A lot of cracks shown in that foundation. So you talk about, tell everybody about the game. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Yes. This is for the original NES. This is is uh, the second installment in the Castlevania series, which has had so many games over the years. Sequels, 
NES, I, I think there's kind of like a, oh, they're, they're cute. Like, it's a weird, yeah. where I'm kind of like, you get that they're all kind of bad games, right? Well, like, they're all, like, not bad, bad games. Yeah. It's what happens in entertainment, which is you made a great thing, mm -hmm. you have to now have a follow-up, and more than likely, it's not going to be nearly as good as the first one. Well, it's the second Zelda game on the NES, where everybody's like, this isn't what the first Zelda game Right, like. and people are like, but it's a classic, and this and yeah. that, and it stands the test of time. This game literally, like, had moments where people were like, this is broken. Yes. But and it was in the design. To it was in the design. So here's here's what I think, uh, and I, this is true of me in most media, in television and movies and in video games. I really like big swings. Yeah. I like when a creator goes, I'm going to make something that's a, that's different, and if it fails, it fails on the merit that I wanted it to fail on. Right. Uh, so, for example... I I'm a I'm a fan of the Mars Volta. Mm -hmm. They take big swings, and Francis the Mute is an album that has like three unbelievable songs on it, just unreal, and then like five other tracks that are just unlistenable. Yeah, it's Mars Volta has this thing. I'm just like, man, this is great, and mm -hmm. then some songs. I'm like, I don't even think you know what you're talking yes. about. Like, you don't even know what you're saying. And it's what I have <laughs> sometimes with Christopher Nolan, where I'm like, man, Inception was so fun, but also so flawed. And same with Memento. Like, all these things that are big swings are interesting, right. hilarious, fun, you can whatever see you it tried. is. There was something. Yeah. And Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, is a big swing of a game. It is. So if you're unfamiliar with with Castlevania, with the Simon's, with, uh, with the Castlevania series... We are talking about Dracula. It's a game where you are the Belmont family trying to break the curse of Dracula. And the first game, it's like, hey, just go kill him. And the second game picks up with your Simon Belmont. You have been cursed by Dracula. Your whole family has as a result of what's happened. And so now you're tasked with going and finding the remaining body parts that are spread out among all of his like dungeon mansion things so you can collect them, burn them, and break the curse on, on You have family. to burn his whole body. And yes. His whole body is buried in a bunch of different places. Yeah. Um, and it's cool and interesting for this one because in the first Castlevania, it's just hack and slash, go, 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 go. Yep. And this, there's towns, there's people, mm -hmm. there's, there's RPG there's elements. RPGs elements. And here's why the game got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stuff where it's just like, it. it the Metroidvania series comes out of Metroid and Castlevania. Yeah. Where you're collecting things, it's non-linear, but there's like, you need this thing to get past this block. Right. We kind of hint at it, et cetera, et cetera. It's never very clear in Castlevania 2 what you need to do. Did you find out why? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. So the translation, because this game was a Japanese video game. Yeah. And the translation got messed up. And so there are village people in this game. Like, when you go to townspeople in RPGs, they give you hints about what needs to happen. Exactly. And in this game, the translation messed up, so they give you false hints. Yeah. They tell you the wrong this, information. This is a game, and this this is a game breaker for me. Yes. This is always a game breaker. You need the walkthrough yes. to beat it. Like, you need... It's not, you'll figure it out. You need, need it. The you need through. it or you can't continue forward. So you were like, man, I'm just wandering around. I'm not getting very far in this game. It's like, because yeah. it didn't want to help you. Yeah. Like, you were just stuck being like, yay, whips, hack a slash <laughs> it. Like, you know what I mean? There was there there were two things going on in my brain when I was a little kid playing this. One of which was, this is unplayable. 
Like, I don't understand what I'm supposed to do. I can't seem to get any clear information. You like killing zombies or whatever. Like, that's fun. But, like, I'm collecting weapons. I feel like I'm getting stronger. I'm getting better at the game. The whip is a cool, like, what other fucking game is a whip your weapon? Indiana Jones. That's it. Let me think. Uh, I can't think. Is Bayonetta? I don't know. Western games I've played. I can't name. Every game is a gun of some kind. You know what I mean? Every game is punching and it's a gun. And then you're Simon Belmont fucking hunting down a vampire with a whip mm. and holy water mm-hmm. and these daggers that you throw. You and know what? For somebody fun. just lifting all the weights, I don't think you need to if you got a whip and all the holy water. Like, you don't yeah. need to be pumping that iron, yeah, he's, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> he's a really jacked he's, dude for all, somebody who's they're just... They're all Hercules, basically. <laughs> every character in every uh, Castlevania game... So hot. Is they're so, so, oh, they're so fucking hot. I'm just going to say it fucking bangable to the max they are man. so i would have <laughs> sex with all of them we they, would have sexual intercourse with the belmont family it's like also let's be honest like it's the gender bending thing of like the, the men are so beautiful yeah. looking and feminine <laughs> like everyone's there hot. is it's ahead of its time in that way it's got kind of like an 80s hair metal vibe. i don't know yeah. how to describe it I, you're describing it perfectly every, all the vampires are super fuckable every what person about, what, what are vampires they're just sexy people they're never just age. perverts that's all they are <laughs> they're just perverts hey i'm gonna hide in the dark can i touch your boobies pervert 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 hard pervert hard pervert yeah <laughs> real real pervert core going on here sorry we i call ollie He's, pervert sometimes oh, so he, he, thinks he looked up him. at you by the way funniest thing to call an animal is pervert, pervert. fucking pervert so <laughs> so the game is broken and yet fun yeah. And Which is RPG, a lot of games. Yeah, it is a lot of games. Especially for like NES. It's just Especially so if you're funny. a kid too, and if you just want to like That's hack and slash thing. and you really have your brain's not formed. You really know what the fuck you're supposed to do and who cares. I'm eight years old. Me not beating a video game is par for the course. Right. I suck at video games at this age, but I'm entranced by them. Right. And this one has a mechanic in it that just blows my mind to shreds. Right. Every day, there is a curse. So when night comes, the enemies become more difficult. So Angry Gamer, I watched the video on this, and that was the first Angry thing. Angry Video like, Game Nerd. Uh, and the thing he pointed out immediately was when day turns to night and mm-hmm. night turns to day, he's like, it's the most annoying thing he's ever experienced <laughs> in his life. Which I understood, which it takes like 15 seconds for it to, to change. Like, yes. you'll literally be about to whip a skeleton yeah. or some shit, and then the game will stop playing for 15 seconds mm-hmm. and then like restarts basically yeah. and uh you know what game took that mechanic who breath of the wild breath of the wild has this like red moon where everything becomes more dangerous every so often it's like it's oh no but at no point does the game stop playing it does when it does which, it has zelda game in zelda in breath of the wild you hear princess zelda be like link beware it's like the the red they moon. really do that they in stop. this newest yeah. game god that's so upsetting because in ocarina of time the sun just goes down and zombies come up and just it's all fluid yeah it's easy and that's and that's smarter you're just but, wasting my time yes <laughs> but i was always like this is so foreboding right and then everything's more difficult the the things that you defeat they drop fewer hearts so mm-hmm. like your your health is harder to gain if you go into the town your one safe place in the game it's filled with monsters now in the middle of the night there you go and you can't go in you can't where the whole thing so it's just 
it becomes this threatening thing that you just have to deal with. And I was always like terrified by it. I was like, this is visceral. I feel it. Like the game has two modes and you have to try to rush through the day so that you're not wasting those hours. Yeah. And a thing I didn't realize when I was a kid, because how would I, this game has multiple endings and it all depends on how many days it takes you to beat the game. Really? So there are three endings to the game. If you beat it in under three game or three days in game, Simon breaks the curse and he kills Dracula. If you beat it in like under eight days, Simon uh, kills Dracula, but he's still cursed. And if you beat it in more than eight days, Simon beats Dracula, but he dies. Mm. So like, there's all this stuff. This there's stuff in this game. That was kind of revolutionary for the time. Oh, that's so upsetting, I'm just realizing. Yeah. Because if you're like, oh, man, I want to get that good ending, it was like everyone got the bad ending. Everyone. Everyone got the bad it's ending. It's so hard to beat Because you can't beat the game because it's confusing as shit and yeah. I don't have to walk through or anything like that. Yeah. Did you see the Nintendo Power cover for this game? I didn't. So it went... <laughs> How bad? This would have horrified you. I laughed at it. Yeah. But... On Nintendo Power, it was Simon holding Dracula's head decapitated. Oh yeah, that it looks it was like horrifying. And Nintendo Power is like, we are so so like we just thought it was like this is gonna be cool. We got a horror thing. We got monsters, <laughs> and they're like, you scared all of our kids. The <laughs> first ever Nintendo Power was a claymation Mario jumping, and it was the softest, most kiddish. Just, yeah, thing. and Nintendo in general just yeah. so soft so for that to come out. And then they were just like, do you want to see Simon Belmont skull <laughs> fuck this eight thousand year old pedophile? Like, what is this? <laughs> Terrifying picture. Yeah, I don't. This Castlevania uh, has never, I, it's just, I missed it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's like the goth kids of video games. I bit. never hear anything about it. And I don't, that's because I turn myself off from, like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't turn myself away from video game cultures yeah. and su- like, you know what I mean? Subcultures and who plays what. So like when I don't ever see a lot of a thing, I'm like, why did I miss out on that? Yeah. I saw a lot of Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. but I never really saw Castlevania stuff. I don't think Devil May Cry exists without Castlevania. It doesn't. Existed. That's what I'm saying. It's like Castlevania is the predecessor. Foremost. Yeah, yeah. It is. It is it. And, you know, it is kind of the God thing. We talked to Rodolfo uh, about Symphony of the Night, yeah, which is maybe the most successful, all told, because like Symphony of the Night is considered like one of the prime Metroidvanias. That game's really cool. Like, like I don't even play Transylvania or Castlevania games. I'm like, this yeah. is so good. But that's like just taking all the stuff that these games are trying to do because it's like they're. Uh, I have this thing with games and soft boundaries in games, and if you're unfamiliar with a soft boundary in a video game, it's just yeah, you could. You could come through this part of town if you want, but it's going to fuck you up. Yeah. Like, in the original Zelda, yeah, you can go to, like, the sixth dungeon first if you want or whatever, but you are going to get obliterated. Right. And so we allow you to see what's on the other end of the wall, and then that serves as your your motivation to getting here in the game. And so... All these old school Nintendo games, Zelda, Metroid, Castlevania, set up these soft boundaries everywhere that drive you to want to explore. The game promotes exploration through having a non-linear story, and then it promotes your experience gaining and your grinding through that non through that exploration with those soft boundaries. It's a great system. It's like 
it's all Hollow Knight is. It's all Axiom Verges. I yeah. I came to love this system of play mm-hmm. more than I like. Here's a level, get through it, get to the next level. Right. Because it felt like the closest Nintendo could get to a sandbox. Right. So that stuff always drew me in. And then the thing you were talking about before, there are parts of this game that are so cryptic. Yeah. That it makes no fucking sense. Makes no sense. There are crystals in this game, these colored orbs you can get mm-hmm. that have power. Right. And that's all it tells you. It doesn't, no, <laughs> just no like, other explanation. They're just like, oh, these powerful does crystls. That, does you think it's just they needed to just, they needed to get this out? Like, does it have Maybe. that vibe of it? Because you're like, why is this broken? Why is that broken? Like, that's. Uh, you think you guys would have tested this out or had an American yeah. test it out and been like, a lot of the language doesn't make any sense or a lot of the shit isn't Yeah, like up. a lot of the things, this this guy told me to go here to find this thing, but it's not there. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, it feels like it wasn't fully play tested. I think it, it came out on the Famicom originally. Yes. And was a huge success. And then, yeah, it was a translation error. It's just all like, it was probably play tested in Japan. It probably, it almost certainly was not play tested in uh, the English language for a North American audience. So it is that just kind of casual, like, eh, just put it in Google Translate and send it over and yeah. don't double check it. Yeah, <laughs> just all of that, which, by the way, I fucking pass high school Spanish with that. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> North Andover High School, not a great public education system. I guarantee system. the teacher was also using Google Translate and was like, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was not. No, it... it we, that shit would not have flown in uh, Francisco Roca's class, but it, <laughs> but it did in Senora Herrera's class. Oh man, I, my teacher was Senora Schwang. And, That's so funny. And my friend went <laughs> Schwang, and that was the end of her being nice. It oh was like, yeah, it was one minute in to her being a teacher. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No. When when you're a woman as a teacher and a high school boy is like, I'm gonna make this boner joke about no, your. It name. is a middle schooler. We are, doesn't matter. It does. It just doesn't matter. still. He went haha, <laughs> swang to me, and just I just saw this look of her looking over at him, and he's like, "Oh, shit." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, you done blew it. Because right now in her mind, you're uh, a Dracula, by which I mean a pervert. A pervert. It's a huge, over. huge, sexy pervert. A huge, sexy pervert. Now, Jesse, as they all are. I looked up all the Dracula stuff. <laughs> sure. Uh. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Guys, we're going to talk. This game is called Dracula. More like, no, yeah, Dracula is a good name. Uh, What we're going to talk about is basically (laughs) how nonsensical this is. Yes. It's what I think of when you're like, I don't like horror movies Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I'm like, if you just like, it's like me wanting to bring you in the haunted house and be like, everyone turn on the lights. Like, can I just show you, like, how show stu- you the like, animatronic dumbness like, of all of this? there's a Gatorade bottle right there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of, like, taking you through it, okay? Yeah. Question one. Uh, this is mostly about Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula. Yeah. Um, what made Bram Stoker come up with Dracula? Oh, uh, there's a bat thing. Did he, like, did he live near a cave and there were bats there? He ate bad seafood. What? He ate bad seafood, had a dream, and thought about vampires, and then came up with Dracula. (laughs) That's literally the story. This dude went to a knockoff Red Lobster 
got himself yeah. some two-week-old crab legs. Because there was already vampire stories, there was yeah. already vampire books, but he created Dracula. That's so funny. It's all the bullshit. It comes from Bram Stoker and it's just kind of been added upon. Question two, which famous serial killer is inspired, which inspired Dracula? Oh, um, I didn't know there was a serial killer. Vlad the Impaler. Jack the Ripper. Oh. Vlad the Impaler uh, was a well-known world figure who yeah, would uh, fillet guy. people and he had the same name but bram said he didn't base it off of him interesting but i know it's like the back and forth is like what i'm just getting from bram is just like <laughs> his name's bram uh <laughs> that basically he's just you know a huckster like every other writer kind of is he is he english yes in common theme with the godfather films why is dracula comical Wait, wait. What was the beginning of that? In, in the common theme with the Godfather films, why is Dracula comical? Uh, because he is peeling an orange before he sucks everybody's blood. Why? He's never been to Transylvania. He just made everything up. Oh, <laughs> that is funny. He read like a book on Transylvania and like was like, all right, and I'll and, add in some stuff here and or there. had never been And they just the didn't mafia, know the didn't, mafia, yeah. anything about it. They just gotcha. made it all up on the spot. Ugh. That's funny. Uh, what is Dracula's castle based on? His castle? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Buckingham Palace. Basically, some castle in Scotland that he stayed at. <laughs> some fucking castle. I am Dracula. Welcome to some whatever the fuck I live. Have it's fun. so funny because it's like the most British, Scottish, just some regular dude yeah. who just, he's just a rich dude who lived, who got to live in a castle when he was younger and got to write about it and create a fake superhero who's a pervert. God damn it. <laughs> is it, is it funny how like history, like you think like these people so long ago, this, that, I'm like, it's, I can, I know people that are just like this. Like there's, yeah. Hollywood's full of this person over and over yeah. and over again. Um, how does Bram Stoker and, Nos- and Nosferatu connect? Oh, uh, well, wait. Nosferatu was like the first horror movie. It was like, yeah, it was like a it Dracula like, yeah. without saying it's Dracula, but it's clearly Dracula. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. What's the connection? Well, they're both Dracula stuff. Dracula. <laughs> he can't call it Dracula. Dracula wasn't that popular, but Bram still wouldn't let movies have his character. So after death, Nosferatu was made, but his wife sued, and all the films were all destroyed, except one, and it made its way to America. Yep, and that became and that became big. that. Yeah, <laughs> that is isn't crazy. that crazy? I'm like, that's some 2020 shit. Yeah. My husband's dead. You can't make money off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the oh my god. Uh, what is royalties? What is the most evil thing about Dracula? Um, it's that he can't die. It's that he needs, I don't know. what He, he buys property. What? In Dracula, he like owns property all over the land and that's, stores like his body and movements and boxes like everywhere so he can hide himself. That's so funny. He's just a landlord. He's just buying, he just has money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't die. Yeah. You're a bat you can fly you're a demon mm-hmm. some soul owns you and yet you signed a contract with the city letting them know you're gonna pay on time yep. and all this shit that's fucking ridiculous <laughs> he's like he's he's constantly holding a pitchfork and a torch of his own just being like property taxes property. are too high <laughs> whispers into your ears before he bites you he's yeah. like 
you know, I could put granite in the kitchen for you. <laughs> uh, I'm picturing him being like, your blood will trickle down to the lower classes. <laughs> uh, who are vampires' natural sworn enemies? Uh, you should know this. Werewolves. Yeah! Hey! Do you know why? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. I think it's because... shrugged so hard. I think it goes... I, I'm, this is me just, this is me selling it. They're sexier than Frankenstein monsters because the Frankenstein monster and mm. Dracula were like almost written at the same exact time. There's nothing sexy about Frankenstein. I mean, you can, agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> it's just Gronk with stitches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you just described Gronk. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> he, uh, so Draculas are sexy and werewolves can be sexy. Yeah. And like werewolves that turn into dogs still have like abs yeah. and pecs and shit. You know what it I mean? It is weird that it's, it's like kind, these anamorph ripped sex pre-furries yeah. a little bit. You yeah. know, that's my that's my assumption. Underworld uh, is all about sex yeah. and blood and stuff, and the, the everyone's attractive. Um, <laughs> uh, why are all vampires pervets? Perverts. Pervets is funny. Pervets. Uh, because I I don't I don't know. I don't. It shit sells. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I kept trying to look it up, and like no one, no one seems to have a reason. It's like he seduces you. Like, it's the whole, like, seduction. I have you under my spell. Okay. But that doesn't mean you have to be sexy. Yeah. So why are all vampires sexy? It's because you get to be young forever. Yeah. It's about fucking... But, like, there isn't any... We just... We as a whole world just decided, like, vampires are this, and we're going to slowly turn them into this, and, mm. like, this weird thing, because what we have in Castlevania as a Dracula is hilarious. How tall <laughs> is Dracula in the series, in this game series? He's huge on the screen. He's seven foot two. <laughs> He's Frankenstein. <laughs> Taco Fall from the Celtics is seven six. What was his name? Taco Taco Fall? I don't know, but I hope his name is Taco, because what I'd, a fucking I'd name. Manu Bull's son is like, oh, yeah. taller than him. That's um, fucking crazy. And last question. Have whips ever been used in battle? No. 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 Never. 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 They're a torture device. <laughs> the only whips they would have would be chain whips with, like, sword or, like, knives yeah. at the end of them. But in my head, I was just like, why are whips so prevalent with heroes? Like, yes, with Indiana Jones and with... It's like Belmonts. a not like I just I it's a weird it's because weird. listen when I think whips of are whips scary. they're scary they're scary but when I think of whips I think of I think of horrible plantation owners in American history is that what you think of yeah I think of a slavery yeah I think of lions mm -hmm. and stuff like I don't, I don't my brain doesn't go immediately to slavery it's obviously there but the idea of just like you control animals. Uh -huh. You don't almost you don't almost like hit the lions with them. It's like you're almost just like trying to scare the shit out of them. I everything that I had known about and this is this is a weird yeah uh, a weird thing in my life because raised Christian and so what I learn about whips from a very young age like they'll teach you about the crucifixion and so you'll learn about Jesus being whipped right. And then a year or two later, I'll learn, or I'll play this game, and I'll, and I'll be like, oh, it's a, it's a weapon in a video game. 
And then a few years later, I'm like, oh, it's a weapon in slavery. Right. So there's this weird sandwich with this video game in my life. It's a torture device. Yes. So I'm like, how the hell are you killing zombie after zombie after zombie with Im- a fucking whip? Imagine you play a game where you're Simon Belmont and you're just lugging around an Iron Maiden. <laughs> and every time you find a monster, you're jamming it into the Iron Maiden, <laughs> closing it, opening it, cleaning it. Way more hardcore. Way more that. hardcore. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be down I would that. play that game in a fucking in heartbeat. In a fucking heartbeat. This has been Dracula. It's pretty, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. Straight up terrifying. Do you think they're terrifying? To my little kidness, yeah. Yeah. There's floating eyeballs that have like the tendrils of muscles and nerve endings falling off of them, just floating at you and staring at you. Yeah. It's, there are some like freaky, gross things in this game. I saw it. I saw Winnie the Pooh when I was younger, those snuffleupaguses and shit. They fucked with me. <laughs> I mean, like, it made stuff like Transylvania or Castlevania in my head be like, yeah, all right. There is a part of Winnie the Pooh where they're like, why is this donkey depressed? I don't know. Maybe it's because you took a piece of cloth and nailed it into his asshole and it's just stuck there forever. Yeah, that'd be upsetting. Yeah. You have to go ask people to nail it back in. Yeah, that was it. That's kind of weird that and disturbing. That was it. Uh, uh, no, this, this game is... Just not even just Castlevania in in general. It's just like an awesome, interesting series. Because was the third one, what which one was uh, Randolphos? Was that the fourth one? Symphony. I don't even remember where it was in the pantheon of this. Because they just, I assume they had to come out with another one immediately after this. Because they're sh- like, well, we're sorry, we're sorry, oh, yeah. we're sorry. <laughs> well, it's like I think it did well as the thing. What well, did well, but people had issues. Yeah, with it, it was like the thing. It's and the, here's here's some things about this game. The controls are clunky. Yeah. Like, it has one of the most infuriating things in any video game from this era, and you found it in a lot of these platforming games. When you get hit, you get knocked back. And so if you're jumping and something jumps up at the same time, you're going to get hit, knocked into the water, and die. You could die in the towns in this game. In the safe, in the safe spaces in this game, there would just be these little water pits that you could just fall into mm-hmm. and just die that's upsetting in the town that's upsetting so the game has like you know it's got an, a difficulty level within the curse system but it's also got this difficulty level within just like we haven't figured out the controls for this you know when you play a game like hollow knight now your character gets hit and there's a point where you're invincible after that hit because you've taken the damage you've gotten the penalty now you have to be allowed to escape in this game you could be trapped between things and just bounce back until you were dead Oh. Yeah, it's one of those like cheap yeah. deaths. So this game had a lot of cheap death in it. And then it had the obtuse puzzle. Cheap thing. death, and then it's lying to you about what to do. Exactly. God damn. And we've got to talk about the two things in this game that everybody remembers being impossible to figure out. There is just a wall, like a physical, like this is a cliffside. You walk up to it, there's nothing to do, there's no way to get past it. The only way to get past it, and I do not know how you were supposed to know this is you have to kneel down in front of that wall and stay there 
for like 30 seconds. And then this little tornado will come on the screen, pick your guy up, and carry him a few screens over what? to where he needs to be. So what, you had to quote-unquote pray to a tornado god I or don't something? know. And I think you had to have a certain crystal on you to do it. I That's do not upsetting. know. That's upsetting. There's the same thing with there's this big lake and there's no way to cross it. You have to kneel down in front of it for like 30 seconds. And then the screen lowers and it turns out that there's like a ladder underneath the lake. You just jump down and you go underneath it. But if you just jump down without kneeling, you'll just drown in the water. I can't. I'm, I can't imagine playing this game if I was, like, older than 12. Yeah. I'd be so irate when I finally beat it. And it's like, you died because you weren't good enough at the yeah. game. I'd be like, You'd be fuck fucking you. furious. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, like, the thing we haven't talked about really with this game, the dungeons, like, the, the mansions that you go to, the, the Dracula mansions, mm -hmm. are super exciting when you find one. Yeah. The first time you find one and you're like, holy shit, I can go in here, mm -hmm. is, like, mind-blowing. Right. The whole thing changes like, oh, fuck, I get a new power-up, I get these weapons, I get to fight a boss, I have this Dracula piece now, I like have Dracula's rib, okay. It's fucking cool. It's mm. exciting. So the game is this mix of punishing and just confusing and then exciting and with these big payoffs. Because, you know, inevitably, when a game is super fucking difficult, when you beat part of it, when you figure something out... You're like, I feel like a fucking god. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm being, I earned this so hard. And there's all sorts of secrets in the game, which is, you know, the added benefit of that I figured it out. False floors, false walls that you can, you know, break through with certain weapons with the holy water. It becomes super exciting to find every little secret because you weren't, one, expecting it. And two, nothing was hinted at. Like, you're just here. Right. You feel like fucking Magellan. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm just I'm just charting the world. I just figured everything out. I feel like a superhero. So that's the draw of the game. Right. But yeah, if you were older than 12 and playing this one, you'd be fucking pissed. If you had to read and play this? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, if, if you, needed if you a... actually understood, oh, okay, I'll go back here and here and talk to the person. That's not happening. You're just like, huh. you'd be irate. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, well, you told me this is how the game works. Yeah, we lied. And what okay, do you do great. at that point? You have to Nintendo go find the power. book, and you have to go find Nintendo Power and no, look for... So, I will give Nintendo this credit, because you don't need Nintendo Power. You are allowed to call the Nintendo hotline at any time. And if gotta, you guys remember... We gotta interview one of these people. I know. If you guys remember the Nintendo hotline... It was, they were called game counselors, and you would call up and you would ask with a question about the game, and they would help you solve it. And these people had these huge, huge binders filled with information for every game, and they would sit down and they would walk you through what you needed to and know. And by you, we mean a child. Yeah. yeah. You would call this like 24 year old dude with his, with his uh, game counselor members only jacket sitting in his computer. Man, video games are gonna last forever. <laughs> like I, mean, I imagine that call center just yeah. sitting there, just like, man, this is crazy. They were they were like gods. They would wear those jackets out and about, oh. and they would be mugged by kids being like, "Oh my god, you have the coolest job in the world." Oh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had to take a test about like all the games to get into it. Jeez, I wonder what the how much you got paid, what the career path was, Dude, what you went on to do after. You were literally just in a cubicle, taking phone calls, playing video games all day. And you would call these people and be like, hey, the game says this, but it's not happening. And the person on the other line would be, well, actually, you have to go here and go here. 
So let's get you there. It's like somebody who's like, oh, man, I don't know. Should I be the best in the world at Razor scooters? Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about the music in this game. Music is great. The music's fucking fun. That's what's so that's what's saying about this game is like we talk about how clunky it is, and I'll talk about like a timing of it, but you aren't aware at the time, you're like, this is just a cool fun game yeah. that I wanna beat. Yeah. That's all it is. Like the music's great, what you have to do is cool, the story's cool, the different endings are cool. Everything's cool. Except, Everything on yeah. paper is cool. They just wrote the wrong name or the wrong date on their fucking homework yeah. or some shit. Uh with this I with the music in this game, the main theme is, it's, it, this is what Castlevania games do super well, I think, with their music. They take something that's pretty modern in its composition, mm. and so it fits on an 8-bit game, it fits Nintendo, it fits, right. you know, wh whatever console they're on, and then they go, okay, but let's infuse it with this kind of classic Baroque type of feel, mm -hmm. right? That makes you think like Bach, Mozart kind of stuff. Right. So it feels time period appropriate. The, the people who did the music for for this game did like no other video games. Really? Like they did it. Castlevania and that was fucking it. Which was I kind of unheard of for Nintendo. I love conversations like that. Yeah. It's like I have to go make a video game and you're never going to make video game music ever again. Yeah. And you have to work with these video game people. It's, like, <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Like there's all sorts of... of uh, composers from the Nintendo era. The guy that made, like, Donkey Kong mm -hmm. made Metroid. Yeah. And he was just like, music is too focused on melody. It should be more ambient and discomforting and, 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 and like, weird blips and sounds. Mm -hmm. And so he just made games like that. And then you have people who are like, no, like, it should be fun and it should be bouncy and it should encourage the player to, to move in a certain way. And so you have games like that, like Mario. And then you have the Castlevania music where they're like, it should be minor, but sound major. Or it should be major, but sound minor. Mm -hmm. Where the like the composition involved is actually pretty fucking intense. There's actual like we're gonna do chord borrowing, we're gonna use modes, we're gonna use all these classical like features they of composition. Met an actual composer instead yeah. of a guy who's like, I make video game for level video game music for levels. Yeah. And you find that a lot in, in the original Nintendo games is you think about this music and you're like, Oh, that's cool, but you're like, Yeah, but why is it cool? Like right. why do you actually like it? Because there's almost no fucking music in these games no. that are just like, here's a major key, we wrote it. It's like the same repetitive 15 seconds, 20 seconds, over and over and over and, yeah. over, and over again. But even those riffs, like, you can go back and look at Mega Man, uh, and Mega Man music is like, from a theory, point, theory standpoint, the joke about Mega Man is they only do vamps, and a vamp is like one or two chords, yeah. and they just change back and forth. Like, do you want to write a Mega Man song? Okay. Start with the one chord in the key, in the scale, and then do a flat seven, and then back to the one. They are That's the, the Green thing. Day of video game yeah, music. Exactly, and there's like a science to Green Day songs too. Yeah. So there's a science to all of these, to, uh, to all of the composition of these games. But for Castlevania, the science they employed was let's start with a Nintendo song, and then let's make it a classical song. Got it. And it has that dark Transylvania feel to it that they go for with the Dracula series. So it's just fucking interesting and different. It's it's pretty interesting that you bring that up because, like, how you can't just play a normal song in Sonic. It would just be weird. Yeah. You know, just like any, it just like it has to go with the speed of how yep. fast it, like, you want to speed up Sonic to go along with the beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. you want it to be crazy. It's like you want to keep up with the music almost. The music in video games is like, it, everything in, in the best video games, 
it becomes greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah, fucking Death Stranding. Yes. My favorite part of the game is like when music just kicks in. Yeah, it (laughs) makes everything so much more impactful. Mm -hmm. The, The original theme from The Last of Us is so good, but at the end of the game, when you hear the guitar starting to be scratched, when you hear like, the musician actually hitting the wood of the guitar and not yet playing the strings and then starting to slowly strum. You're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's all been building to this. You have these moments in video games where it's like, I don't just want to feel like I'm some guy with a whip. Mm -hmm. I want to feel like it's, you know, fucking 1700s Transylvania. Mm -hmm. I want to be in the correct time period. Right. And you get that sense. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool little aspects to to how the game uses... Its visual components, uh, how it uses its musical, its the fact musical that this components. Is, this is on NES is ridiculous because it's long, it's yeah. big, it's got all these sorts of feelings to it. It's really cool. It's funny, you know. There's, uh, I was watching a thing on on animation and how NES used keyframes, which is just if you're animating movement in a character, mm-hmm. what are the strongest poses in their movement? So when you're Simon Belmont and you're walking, there's, uh, you know, right foot forward. Uh, equal footed left foot forward and the whole game is just those three keyframes as your character moves right so there's all this stuff that's just like it kind of drives home this like building force this like plotting though i have to march forward feeling but it does it the while saving space for the other animation of the game and like we only have three keyframes in this so we can just fill the cartridge which with other more important information which i saw kind of slow down i'd watch gameplay and sometimes it would just slow down yeah it's like interesting i'm like ooh, the nes can't keep up with exactly all with with too many things on the screen the frame rate just drops dramatically and the whole game goes into slow motion because it's like contra with graphics exactly. like actual graphics yeah <laughs> so it was a common thing that happens in Mega Man games too where it's just the nes couldn't hang yeah and so you just have this slow game out of nowhere yeah so interesting very flawed but a game that I still fucking loved. And I think it's really cool. I think just Castlevania just in general is like, even just opening up this game and understanding what it is and what goes on, you're like, oh, this is actually interesting yeah. and cool and like it's different and the music's cool. It's, yeah, I don't try, there's a reason Castlevania games or Castlevania games, I keep confusing the two, are as popular as they I are. I mean, they're the same fucking Same thing. thing. Keith, I made a final five for you. I made a final five for you as well. And mine is an entire in-order of sequence. So I'm going to give you three things, okay. and you have to rate them in order of whatever I've given you. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Number one, rate these in order of how annoying they are. A person taking a full phone call in your Uber pool, mm-hmm. trying to cancel a gym membership, and somebody telling you about a dream they had last night in great detail. Oh, my God. Okay, so first one <laughs> is uh, first one is a gym membership. That's the most annoying? Because you're going to have to call them back. They're yep. not actually going to cancel it. Um like actually going through that process, yeah, is horrible. They're gonna um, steal money from you along the way. So I can... guess Uber second, because the third one is somebody telling me a dream, mm-hmm. and probably if you're telling me a dream, and I it means you probably know me, yeah. and I'm more inclined to tell you to shut up, so you can just get out of it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, this is a bad story. This is a bad story. Like, you got to get better at telling stories. Yeah. You got to get, you got to say the summary up top, mm-hmm. tagline it, and then you give me the good shit. Yeah. That's how you tell a dream. Yep. <laughs> so I had this dream last night where I was a lion that murdered every senator that's ever lived. I'm in. Let's that's go. A, let's go. Let's go. Who'd you start off with? Let's yeah. do that. Let's, it's like, oh my God. So long night. <laughs> You're just like, fuck, this is going to be horrible. Okay, Jesse, this or that. 
for all of them. Mm-hmm. Scuba diving deep into the ocean. Okay. Or skydiving. Wow. Wow. Because <laughs> you were just like refused heights. Just no, ain't happening. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm terrified of deep waters. Deep water. That scares me so much more. Skydiving. Skydiving scares you more? No. Oh, you'd rather that? I would rather, because at least with that, you could be like, I've been skydiving. And people are like, cool. If you're like, I scuba dive to 200 meters, people are like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Nobody cares. What do you see down there? Darkness? Cool. And then I'm alone. <laughs> if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm skydiving, there's some person strapped to my back being like, I know what I'm doing. I know you're shitting yourself, but it's okay. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right, Keith, number two. Right I, sorry, I just realized that if I ever went skydiving and I had an instructor and he'd be like, three, two, one, I'd be like, we're brothers. And like, <laughs> oh, we have the same dad or something just like something that. Terrible. I slept with your girlfriend. <laughs> what? Number two, rate these in order of tastiness. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll, pumpkin pie, potato skins. How tasty they are? Yep. Wow. What was the first one? Sorry. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll. That's why I couldn't remember it. It was a lot of things. Uh, Pumpkin pie, bacon, egg, and cheese, and then whatever the third one. (laughs) Potato skins. Potato skins. I don't like potato skins because it's just seasoning. Yeah, it's just cheese and sour cream and bacon. Yeah, I, yeah, you actually put stuff on it. In my head, I'm like, potato skins. I'm like, that's just salt and pepper and oh. nothing to it. Gotcha. Much, like, if you want to add cheese and yeah. sour cream and stuff like that. But other than that, I'm like, I do. I'm like, it's just a vessel for salts. <laughs> Most food is, if it we're talking. It is, but potato skins, I'm like, there's literally no taste to it yeah. other than if you put salt or pepper or whatever on it. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, this or that. Uh, escaping a fire or embracing uh, heavy waves in a small raft. Oh, how <laughs> how much fire? Definitely fire. It's not even a question. It's not because the water's scary. Yes, the ocean is terrifying. The ocean is just quadrillions of molecules wanting to end you. That's all the ocean is. So scary. So scary. Yeah, I'm going fire. Keep number three. Rate these in order of sadness. A birthday party where nobody shows up, a dog wearing a diaper, and an above-ground swimming pool. (laughs) A dog wearing a diaper. Because I'm just like... You're just going to kill them soon, aren't you? Yeah. Like, it's just, how long are you going to make them live like this? Like this. How long are you going to change diapers on a dog before you go? You know what? This is just you saying, I don't have the balls yet. Yeah. Which is like, (laughs) as a somebody who has a dog, too, and that day will probably most likely come, and it'll be horrible and horrifying, and I probably won't immediately pull the trigger, but it's like that... Yeah, you, we all know what this we is. We get it. We all know where we're headed, and it makes oh, man, sense. There's a woman down who walks her dog near me where I walk my dog, and it's just so old, and I just get so sad. And I'm yeah. just like, it's just the saddest. It's the fucking saddest. So, and the other options are a birthday party where nobody shows up and an above ground swimming pool. What's an above? What do you mean above ground? You know, Why a swimming is- pool where you don't put it into the ground where it just stands on the ground oh you need so like a, not a swimming pool yeah like what are those uh, <laughs> a, a fish tank for non-rich people yeah, it's just yeah it's just a giant bowl you filled up with your hose yeah uh, <laughs> that's all it is a hose pool 
no, that's not as sad. People not showing up to your birthday party sad. Yeah. Because, like, it's like, if I got one of those, I'd probably get one of those if it was, like, 50 bucks or whatever, and it was going to pop it at the end of the year, and it was just hot as ball. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? If, I'd, Keith, if I had kids, and I couldn't afford shit, and I was like, fine, I'd get one. I don't care. I, I want to I explain this. An above-ground swimming pool isn't an inflatable pool. What's the above? What are we thinking of? Because you can, like, pop pool. the things what I'm thinking of. No. No, this is a structure that you build. No, have you never seen an above ground swimming pool? I've before? seen the ones that are like you can like they just eventually are going to break. Keith, like I've I want those. you to take out your phone and Google above ground swimming pool. I, I am still to going out, to birth. I'm still saying birthday parties. I also want to point out that I had an old joke that if you name your daughter Mackenzie, she legally is never allowed to see an above ground swimming pool for her entire life. <laughs> she just is too rich for that bullshit. But these things. I had friends that had above ground swimming pools and it was a thing in my town where I was like, yeah, this is cool. And I didn't realize until I got out of my hometown that I was like, oh no, rich people look down on us for this. So the one I'm thinking of is there's a Walmart one you can buy that's like only $300 and you're thinking of the ones that cost like $5,000. Yes. Okay. So that's like our biggest difference. Yeah. Like you mean the little tuby things you stab? It's the in between from the tube to the actual pool there is this large pool that, that you're like, could you just put this in the ground? And they're like, nah, it's a circle you put in your backyard. There's a plastic <laughs> ladder leading up to it. Try not to fall and break your neck. I'd be like, well, I got a truck that I can put water into the exactly. truck. It's the same thing. That's closer. Uh, 1,000 rats, hung, 1,000 hungry rats chasing you mm-hmm. or one polar bear chasing you. Oh, I'll take the polar bear. Would you? Yeah. Because I think the rats are fast, and they'll eventually... <laughs> you don't think polar bears are fast? No, but there's only one, so you can try to outthink one thing. Uh-huh. But you can't get flanked by one of anything. No. Have you seen a bear run full speed? Terrifying. It's the scariest Fastest, thing. Most I terrifying. saw like a car driving next to a bear running full speed, mm-hmm. and I was like... Wait, they can run like yeah. a thousand pound man that can run thirty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he loves to eat you, you and berries. I uh, <laughs> there's a great Eric Andre show clip where they're just like, and now our next guest, a grizzly bear, and Hannibal Burris was like lying down on the sofa, and he just like, there's the fake applause, and then he just heard this big noise of something moving, and he looked, and he saw it, and he just got up jumped on the other side of Eric Andre just to put him between them. <laughs> and it's like the only time Eric Andre is like, I'm uncomfortable. Dude, I don't he, want to do this he's anymore. He's sitting at his desk and he just goes, Oh boy. And the bear gets closer. He goes, I no longer like this bit. <laughs> <laughs> and the bear just stands up on his desk and smashes it and then just cuts to commercial. I'm not trying to take too much away from it, but I saw one Eric Andre clip that killed me, mm-hmm. and it's Eric Andre, everybody had doubles. Mm-hmm. Do you see this? Yeah. So Hannibal Burris has a twin, this, yeah. and they have to repeat and co- they have everything to copy everything that the person that they're tied to is doing or saying. Andy Samberg got Eric Andre. Andy Samberg is usually just down. He's, he's down. He's, he's down to down do anything. To do anything, but Eric Andre is just on another level. It's kind of weird. It's a different. It's like you didn't play enough alt comedy rooms. Yes. Like that's Eric Andre just gets takes his pants completely off, shoves his dick behind his legs like he's Wild Bill or Buffalo Bill. Buffalo from- Bill from Science of the Lambs, and Andy Samberg is like. 
not knowing what to yeah, he's do. Like, I'm he's not like, doing he's this. like, I'm not doing it. Eric Andre's like, come on, everybody's caught. Like, is this weird? Like, Andy Samberg was now uncomfortable, and I've never seen anything like. It can, can I tell you the funniest thing about Eric Andre? What? He's a really nice guy. No, yeah, I know. <laughs> I met him. He came and he did a. He took a he took a class uh, of mine when I was when I was working as a boxing coach. He's a genuine sweetheart. He's <laughs> super nice. Anyone that crazy is very aware. Keith, rate these in order of how terrifying they are. The captain of your flight sounding rattled during bad turbulence. Your doctor getting a concerned look on their face while they tell you when you tell them where your body hurts, or getting an unexpected text from your fiance asking, "You almost here?" Uh. What was the second one again? It's your doctor, doctor getting a concerned look. Doctor concerned look. If we hit heavy turbulence and the pilot was like, uh, I'm not doing too good right now, I wouldn't be as worried. Think about like you're in the middle of turbulence and the captain's always like, hi, hi. <clears throat> um, we're just experiencing some like there's i assume he's getting rattled. blown i don't i don't think i'm gonna die i don't think i'm gonna die like it, if a pilot is scared i'm like some other reason yeah because i'm like i know he's not flying right now the computer's flying right now yeah so it's like wind shear is a thing like turbulence will never kill you wind shear is scary because wind shear is the one that makes you just dive yeah three thousand feet or whatever the fuck uh, that's fucking terrifying uh jesse yes next one uh Challenger situation, <laughs> uh, yes. or suffocating in space. And challenger I, ex- uh, situation, people don't know. Challenger explosion, people don't know. What challenger explosion was. Uh, best astronauts were coming back down from Earth from no, space. They were, they were taking off. They're taking off. Uh, there was an explosion, and everyone's like, they died in the explosion. But really, they found out that that's not actually true. These people were fell to Earth yep. from like the top of the atmosphere yeah. while constantly going in and out of consciousness before they like crashed. Yeah, they died on impact on the ocean. So in like their full a suits. horrible, horrifying, horrifying event or suffocating in space. So basically, like, do you jump out? Yeah. Do you stay in? I really got to give give you credit for tagging this as a challenger situation, situation. as though I would come home from a hard day's work <laughs> and I would sit down. And like, so we're like, hey, man, are, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, we had a <clears throat> real challenger situation at the office. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bird wanted to join in your office, and you guys didn't let him? Yeah, Big Bird almost died on national television <laughs> in front of a bunch of children, but he couldn't fit his suit in the challenger, so he had to stay home. I would suffocate in space. That fall without, yeah, it's terrifying. It's horrible. Horrible. Jeez. Rate these in order of sexiness. Bacon, egg, and cheese on a Kaiser roll, <laughs> pumpkin pie, or potato skins. <laughs> I got him with that one. Sexy uh, in that order. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> Bacon, egg, and cheese. It's sexy sexier, as fuck. But pumpkin pie is tastier, in my opinion. Yeah. It's hard. A bad pumpkin pie is still a seven. I've had some pretty shitty, terrible bacon, yeah. egg, and cheeses. People- People are like, man, I burned the hell out of this pumpkin pie. I'm like, well, let me scrape away the exterior. Exactly. That so I get to the goodness. Is, <laughs> gooey goodness. Um, all right. Final one. Being a kicker on an NFL team who's the last line of defense while a tight end is running very fast towards the end zone. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think it's probably the best moment in sports. Oh, is yeah. when the kicker is now forced to try to tackle the running when- back or whoever the fuck it is. When the commentary goes, and here comes the sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the best part of the game. It's like this white guy who's like 6'3", 
200 pounds, has probably put in the time in, but still just looks so much smaller than than everyone else. He's so, so small. (laughs) Or being the only other adult on a plane when the other adult is having a heart attack. Okay, I'm going to get hit by the tight end. (laughs) And here's, here's the thing. And here's what you do. If you're that kicker, <laughs> go for the knees. You go for the knees, but but first, you get a little bit of a running start. You start pedaling backwards, so you're like, I'm going to make an open field tackle. I'm going to yeah. take this guy down. And then you dive low, and you kind of go for the miss. <laughs> you kind of go. And you shake your head like, man, he's so good. How did that? I oh, tried to knock uh, him out of bounds. That's why he Fuck, deserves all that fast. money. Yep. <laughs> I guess this is why I'm a punter still. Guess it's a good thing I'll always I be this guy. I think I saw one actual kicker knock a dude on its ass, and I've never seen an NFL team like erupt. Yeah. Like they're just like, this doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I will say my favorite thing I've ever seen in the NFL was um, there was a wide receiver. I think it was the Seattle Seahawks like 15, 20 years ago. And he got sometimes, um, sometimes receivers slot receivers especially will get hit over the middle of the field as they're coming across the field to make a catch as a quarterback you're taught not to lead your receivers into those hits because they can be life-changing right because they're looking at the ball they're running full speed in one direction and a much bigger player is running full speed looking at them right and so this guy got decked he got obliterated by a player on i think the broncos Mm -hmm. and it was like a dirty hit it was a mean hit it put him down it ended the drive it was fucking bad yeah and then two quarters later that guy who decked him Mm -hmm. intercepted the ball and Mm -hmm. was running it back and he was like deking everybody and he was coming back across the field to get away from you know the entire offensive line and this wide receiver was like fuck this dude Mm -hmm. and he got a full running start in an almost the same exact hit knock this dude flat on his ass so hard that the guy just lost everything went full yard sale fumbled the ball and fell to his back and just stayed down Horrifying. with this scrawny wide receiver standing over him screaming and celebrating do you like that do you like that when i waited it when i hit you so, so bad do you funny. like that it was so funny <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be the i'm gonna be the punter that takes that hit all right all this right has been final five final five do you have any final thoughts on Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest. Uh, go check it out. Go look at it. Go play it. Um, go play any of the new Castlevanias. I don't know what to tell you. You're going to get frustrated, even if you're having fun for a couple minutes. You're going to be like, well, that's not true, and that's not true, and you're lying <laughs> to me, and that's not real. It is It is a fun game of deception that you didn't, you didn't realize you were solving a murder mystery in this no. action game, but here we go. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, deeply flawed. Still a deeply impactful game interesting at least check it out because it has some redeeming qualities do it all right reminder to follow us on twitter and instagram at new player pod and rate us review us five stars wherever you listen to this podcast otherwise let's get out of here keith jesse this is new players join goodbye goodbye Every character in every uh, Castlevania game so hot. Is so, so oh, they're so fucking. I'm hot. just gonna say it. Fucking bangable to the max. They are man. so. <laughs> I would have sex with all of them.